Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to... Just Ghoulie Things. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Ghoulie Things, the quarantine spooky story special, episode 84. And we are your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey. So, (laughs) I just had the funniest thing happen to me, so... Um, Mike, you know how he's, like, going on this whole Bob the Builder spree and, like, just building a bunch of stuff around the house because he's bored. Bored mm-hmm. in the house, bored in the house, bored. So, um, my dad was like, do you want to, like, help rebuild the dock at our house? So, Mike was like, uh, fuck yeah. Like, I've never done that before. So, he's getting, like, a group of his friends to literally build a new dock in my parents' backyard. That's how bored all of him, like, him and his friends are. <laughs> So, oh my God. one of his friends is over right now, and they're going through, like, a blueprint of what they need to buy at Home Depot, yada, yada, yada. So, I walked downstairs, right, and, like, I, I was tanning earlier today, and I didn't have makeup on. Like, I just woke up from, like, a, like an evening nap, you know? And I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, what's going mm-hmm. on? And his friend looks at me and goes, why are you so white in the face? Like, like are you sick? And I was just like... No, Dom. I'm just really <laughs> fucking ugly naturally. Like, I'm sorry. Like, this is me without me. <laughs> like, like, Who says that? I know. I was cracking up because he was just like, oh, like, what are you sick? And I'm like, no, this is just my normal face without makeup. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry. I just have an ugly, <laughs> I just have an ugly gene. And he just started laughing. It's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it like that. I'm like, I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. I, I know I'm ugly without makeup. It's good. We're okay. Oh my god! It just—it just was one of those things that was. It just brought me back to like middle school or high school, and like you're like as like a teenager, and you're learning like the things to and not do when you're trying to like flirt with your crush or like talk to somebody, like learning social skills. And I was just like, that is the one thing you don't tell a girl is that she looks tired or that she looks sick because you don't know if they're just not wearing makeup or if they're actually tired or sick. And I was neither. I just looked really (laughs) ugly. (laughs) I worked with this guy once and he would be like, hey, Lily, why do you look so ugly today? And literally one day I was like, oh, I guess I'm just turning into you. Oh, and he'd shot him up real quick. I love that. Oh my god! But see, like, if someone told me this a few years ago, and I was like super like self conscious, and my self esteem was at an all time low, um, I probably would have felt some type of way. But I literally was cracking up at this, and I wanted to give myself a little pat on the back that like I didn't feel some type of way about it, and like it just shows that how much growth I've had mentally in the past few years to like just literally laugh it off and not take it personally and not care about yes, like what someone good said for you so you know if anyone says something like that just tell them to fuck off and like you're beautiful and you're amazing and you're fucking awesome because you i mean you're just awesome because you are who you are but also because you listen to just gooey things of course that's what makes you the awesomest that is just what is the cherry on top And, oh, man, speaking of which, do you see how everyone is talking about our episodes? Like, how at random parts in different episodes, weird things happen? Yes. Our our podcast is on. Did you like my comment that said, Remix? Yes. I thought the same thing when Ashlyn sent that. Because it was like, I can't do the noise. But I was there. So, you know, I posted the video that Ashlyn sent us. But... For those that have seen, if haven't seen it, go to our Instagram at 
Just Schooly Things podcast. And you could see this is just one example. It's happened a couple times when Ashlyn sent us, but they're at random parts in different episodes. It doesn't happen every episode. And I want to make this clear that I check the audio before we start recording. Everything is good. I listen to the episode when in post, so I know for a fact that nothing weird is going on. I always check the frequencies while we're like while we're currently recording. I'm looking at the screen right now, and everything is moving smoothly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I listen to it again when it's actually being aired through uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and it's fine on my end. Uh, so I don't know what that is. And then someone commented, like, you know, I just thought it was because you maybe left like your audio stuff like they said I assumed it to be the recording program running on a laptop for too long but what I specifically do is because this is an older well it's not too old of a computer but you know I don't want the computer to burn out so I always unplug all the audio equipment and I always restart my computer every day before we record so that's why we don't always start on the dot it takes me a couple minutes like record like to boot everything back up but Mm -hmm. I specifically do that so that we don't have any problems with the audio equipment because I've noticed we've had problems in the past but not like these noises like it's never been noises and and like we usually like you said like we usually notice the problems Mm -hmm. you know you'll be like oh like you know, like our voices, you know, aren't moving on the chart or, oh, I think it stopped recording. Or, and I reset oh, it. You know, it's a little fuzzy here. Maybe you could sit closer to your microphone, like stuff like that. But never like this weird, like something happens in post-production that we don't know about. Yeah. <laughs> post-production? More like ghost production. Oh, <laughs> fire. Boom. Fire. All right. What a slam dunk that was. (laughs) That was a good way to transition into why we're here. So, for those that are new to the podcast, hi, I'm Rebecca. I'm Lily. And we read spooky, kooky, ooky stories. I read five, Lily reads five, you laugh, you cry, you get mad, you get happy, and we just give our opinions on stories, even if you don't ask for them. So. Yep, pretty much. Without further ado, Lily, would you like to start with the first story for today? Sure. This one is called My Personal Experience with Demons. So growing up as a kid, my parents always taught me to be super religious Christianity-wise. Therefore, we would regularly go to church on every Sunday and sometimes Thursday. With that said, about three weeks ago, I was woken up to go to church on a Sunday, and I recall being very ill. But as you know, with most parents, they thought I was faking, so I re- so I requested to stay home. The argument whether I should go or not lasted about 30 minutes, and finally they let me stay home. I remember being very drowsy, so I tried to go to sleep. I probably fell asleep within 15 minutes or so, so I was out cold. The dream that I had that day was especially weird because I was dreaming about looking at myself sleeping from an outside view. When all of a sudden, I see a dark, hooded figure with red eyes glaring at what seems to be my lifeless body on the bed. Then it began walking towards me in a slow, stretched way. When it got to my body, it stared at me with bright yellow eyes and sharp claws that looked kind of like Wolverine claws because they were so long and not taken care of. The figure then lifts a finger to my shoulder and then repeatedly runs its sharp nails through my skin like butter. I remember waking up drenched in sweat and feeling like someone had poured molten lava on my body. When I got up to check my body, I had claw marks from my shoulder down to the bottom of my back. Mm. 
Mind you, I was home alone, no pets, and I have never hurt myself in my sleep. This was single-handedly one of the scariest experiences of my life. Thank you for reading. The end. Ah, the claw marks. No, you encountered a demon. And I've never heard of, I've heard of glowing yellow eyes and I've heard of glowing red eyes, but I've never heard of red eyes that turn yellow. Yeah, like it was like transitioning or something. Yeah, so that's an interesting detail to point out because I've never heard anything like that before. No, it's either been one or the other, so very weird. Oh, I hope you saged, I hope you put some holy water or whatever religion, if you have a religion that you practice, hopefully you did something to cleanse wherever you're staying because that is just no Casper the Friendly Ghost. It is really not. Most definitely not. Okay, what's okay. your story? My next story is titled, A Ghost Who Hummed a Melody in My Childhood. I remember that I screamed very loudly as a child when I suddenly woke up in the night. I even continued to do this when I was three or four years old. I'm not even sure what exactly gave me the urge for it, but maybe it was because I was a kid and that's it. Another night I woke up and screamed and I left my bed and suddenly I remember that something pulled me away and summed a melody. I'm assuming they said they meant hummed. Um, I still remember this melody, and it's frightening. I tried my best to reach the door to open it, and after a time, I reached it. When I reached my door, everything disappeared. I think the reason why I was silent about this was because the friend of my sister back then, she was 11 years older than me, so she was like 16, 17 at that time, just randomly told me as a child that you will have nightmares till your death when you tell a nightmare. So for some, oh, this person was a bitch. <laughs> anyway, for some, that's so fucked up. That's such an older sibling thing to do to their younger siblings' friends. Oh, you can never tell a nightmare, or you'll have nightmares till the rest till you die. Like what? That's a good I'd one. Be like though. Mary, I'm already living a nightmare. <laughs> I got you in my life. Ooh, Lily with the flame fire clapbacks. Okay. <laughs> Uh, For some reason, I was convinced about it, and I kept silent. It wasn't the only night when it happened. A few times later, the same melody came to me when I screamed at night, and it tried to rub my armpits. (laughs) It was torture as fuck since I was unable to help myself. Again, it only disappeared after I reached my door. The melody as well, the creature, uh, the melody as well as the creature disappeared. For some reason... Uh, I never saw this creature. I can remember that. Also, as a child, I left my bed again, and I was standing in front of a wall, maybe because I was bored. Then a voice behind me appeared, and it called my name. I insulted this voice in a childish way, and it literally freaked out. Can't remember what happened after that. A time after that, I had the weirdest nightmare in my lifetime. I was seeing the guy from a cartoon. It was on Nickelodeon. He had a cap, and the series was a cartoon, and they were friends in school, there was a guy called Randall who was highly unpopular since he told everything a teacher, teacher. in a yellow skirt, LOL. Was this, was this recess that he's talking about? I'm looking up Randall Nickelodeon right now. Because I think recess was Disney. Yes, it was. Okay. Ha. My childhood. And Randall Weems. Yes. Yes. Ugh. Okay. And he was surrounded by birds, and they were made of leaves. His eyes were frightened and big as fuck, and then I heard how the same melody came nearer and nearer since I woke up from it. It was loud as fuck, and I I ran to my door and pulled my... And pulled me... Oh, and it pulled me back as always. I reached my door, and I was silent again. 
The whole thing became worse when my father took me to his house. He left my mother a few years ago because he betrayed my mom with another woman, and this house is basically her house. And I remember that I slept in another room. That woman already had two children, 10 and 14. I was six at the time, and I had the luck to sleep in a bed. Well, once I woke up in the middle of the night, and I wanted to sleep in my father's bed. I put on the light, and I just went crazy since the door fucking disappeared. I even remember it in a detailed way today. There was just a plain wall, and I cried. I guess that's the reason why my father woke up and asked me what was going on, and I told him that the door had disappeared. Obviously, he laughed and thought it was my childish fantasy. He just explained to me that Spider-Man was behind it, because there was a poster of Spider-Man in that room. I even cringed as a child when he told me that and just accepted that I have to be silent on that forever. The same shit repeated for a while, and as I became older, it became less. I was very convinced that it was all reality, but for a few years, I just explained to myself that all this were dreams. Even though it was realistic as fuck, and I remember that it continued even after I woke up from a dream, I can't explain how all these events are, are, are explainable. The last time it happened was when I was 14 years old in a decent way, just maybe for a few seconds. The end. So, wow. It just seems like there is just a spirit that is attached to this kid because it's not just in one place and it's just messing with him. Mm-hmm. And this just does not seem like a nice yeah. spirit. Why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> Literally. And. The weird dreams. I mean, the weird dreams definitely could be chalked up to some sort of imagination. Mm-hmm. But what's happening after the dream, when this guy, when this person's fully conscious and can't see a door and everything goes black, things disappear, it seems like the spirit is manipulating this person's surroundings or this person's sight and like what they're able to see and what they're not able to see. It's kind of a scary concept. It really is. Like, knowing that something can intervene with your life that hardcore mm-hmm. is really, like, that That sh- shook me to the core. Yeah. No bueno. No bueno. No bueno. All right, okay. Lily, what's your next one? All right. My next one is called Visitation from My Father. A quick backstory. I lost my dad when I was 11 years old in 1999. I've struggled with it my whole life and still do. It was April 25th of this year. I was laid off at the time due to COVID-19, so I was at home. I typically would be on the laptop all day trading stocks and have something random on the TV. That day, it was paranormal activity. I think I was being primed to be open to the experience. (laughs) I had a feeling all day that I just couldn't shake. Not a negative one or anything, just something that I couldn't figure out. At about 11 o'clock p.m., still having the same show on TV, my dad finally comes into my mind. Immediately, a warm sensation and tingling envelops my head, neck, and back. After some thought, I go out to my garage to storage bins that are from my childhood and find the small box with the funeral book and everything. It's about 11.45 now. I look through the box, who signed the book, all the cards I got at school, etc., and find the booklet from his funeral. His birthday is April 26th. I hadn't known this, well, remembered or chosen not to. After I found this out, the sensation stayed until a couple of minutes after 12 o'clock, then vanished. The most impactful part of the story happens the next morning. A perfect white feather was at the top of our couch. It is a downfilled couch with a sheet, like a couch cover over it. The couch doesn't shed feathers often, and the ones it does have all been black or gray. 
and hasn't since we put the cover on. But this one was at the top in the exact middle of the couch, like someone had placed it there. Nobody had sat on the couch, and my dog was asleep in our room, so nothing physically could have pushed that feather out. Mind you, this is the morning of his birthday. I kept the feather, secured it in a penny sleeve for trading cards, and it's in my wallet. Uh, I read after that white feathers are the sign of angelic visits. I still haven't processed what happened and thought that maybe posting it here would help with some clarity and putting this quote on paper would help me. Thank you for reading. The end. There was definitely a guardian angel or some spirit that's connected to this person, just letting them know that they are there and that they're not alone. Yeah, I definitely think it's the father visiting. That's so sweet. I love little things like that. Right? I love these cute little stories. I should have saved this for last, but I'm stupid. <laughs> um, it's all right. You'll probably give us some, like, really traumatizing, scary story at the end. <laughs> it's fine. We're fine. Oh, God. But, yeah, no, I, I feel like, you know, you get that feeling that there's a presence there. Or, like, that you're being watched or that there's someone with you or that something just isn't right. And then, you know, like at the stroke of midnight the feeling's still there and then the next day on your you know deceased father's birthday you just see this little thing left behind i think it's sweet follow follow your gut follow that instinct because there's a reason why you're feeling that Mm -hmm. live your truth we need to get that on a t-shirt yes okay uh my next story is going to be laundry poltergeist We've been living in our current house for about 15 years. It's an old house built in 1915. When we first moved here, there was some unexplained activity that stopped very quickly. Just common stuff such as the sound of someone walking up and down the stairs at night while rubbing against the wall making clicking sounds. Creepy. When the children were sound asleep in their beds. Recently, some activity has started again. Uh, Most things like thumps on the wall, no pipes or ducks there, or the sound of short bursts of rhythmic tapping on the glass window panes of a set of French doors that opens the front door vestibule again with no one around but this latest incident is the first one really worthy of being called an incident we have three children at home before going shopping with boy one my wife and boy one went to the basement and started a load of laundry they then left the house while my daughter and I watched Netflix and boy number two was playing with his xbox upstairs As my wife was heading out the door, she asked us to put the clothes in the dryer when the load was finished. Of course we forgot. (laughs) Such a a guy thing. About an hour passed. My wife and boy one came home and asked if we moved the laundry to the dryer. I apologized and said no. She went downstairs to take care of it. While down there, she shouted the name of boy one saying, Why'd you do that with the clothes? Boy one was confused. Do what? Wife, you left half the laundry in the basket and it's wet. Boy one, you saw me put the whole load in the washer. She then admitted, yes, she did. We both agreed that the whole load was in the washer and the machine was running when they left the house and the basket was empty. But when they returned, half the clothes from the washer were now in the clothes basket. The other half was still in the washer. The clothes in the basket were wet, not soaking wet, but wet like sponge dry clothing should be ready for the dryer. The entire time my wife and son were gone, boy two remained upstairs. There is no way he could have reached the basement without going through the living room where we were watching TV. My daughter and I never left the living room. 
The basement is small. There's no place for anyone to hide down there. The only way to get down there is via a door in the kitchen or an outside door at the top of the basement stairwell that is very hard to open and is always locked. Any attempt to open that door would be very loud and noticeable. If the clothing in the basket had been dry, that would be easy enough to explain away as boy number one only loaded half the clothes. But we have absolutely no explanation for how half the load was moved to that basket after it was already washed. I swear I'm not making this up and that there is no way anyone went down to the basement while my wife and son were gone. The end. That's the kind of like random obscure daily task that no one would make up a ghost story about. Yeah, and I just love how the the details that this person, the husband is putting into the story is they're trying to debunk this. They are not, I don't think they really want to think there's paranormal activity in their house and that they are trying to rationalize and come up with any logical explanation, but for this one, there is nothing logical about it. True. I did, there's nothing, there's, why, and also, like, I mean, even as a kid, why would you only take half of the wet laundry and put it into a basket when the dryer's right next to you? Why wouldn't you just throw it right in there? It just makes no sense. And just going back to the point, the kid never left his upstairs playing his video games. He never left. And the father would have known that because the only way he can get down to the laundry room is to pass the living room. So, I don't know. What do you think? Um, I think that... I don't even know what I think. I, I, I can't imagine why a ghost would want to do laundry, even though they kind of undid the laundry. I mean, I guess it's like in a, in a feeble attempt to help. Yeah, either wanting to help or... Or maybe they are just trying to mess with them. I don't know. It's weird. You know what? It's not the laundry being wet that's messing with me it's the fact that they even bothered doing anything with laundry that's that's messing with me yeah it is weird i wonder if something happened in that laundry room since it's like an older house Ooh, true like maybe it wasn't always a laundry yeah maybe it wasn't always a laundry room and it was something else and something happened there but we love a good poltergeist story i feel like we haven't told one in a while yeah (sighs) i feel like I feel like it's been a while since we had, like, an obvious clear poltergeist. So I think yeah. that was definitely needed, especially towards the end of the spooky story special. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to wrap All right. up. Absolutely. Okay. My mom saw me on the news while I was fast asleep. All right. So I've had the odd paranormal experience here and there, but nothing like this. Yesterday was a very emotional day for me. I made the tough dis- decision to leave my job because of everything going on in the world. I work in customer service, and though I love the company I work for, I'm in the mindset that if I'm going to risk catching the supposedly deadly virus, it's going to be protesting about real issues, not serving the masses of entitled tourists currently populating my city. I love this person. Okay, activist Reddit. I love (laughs) this. Wowza. Okay. It was a really rough day. And I spent part of it standing in the mirror and talking to myself. I told myself that I needed to figure out my priorities and take advantage of the privilege I have got, I have to even take off work in a time like this. I had a real heart to heart with myself about emotional issues, mental issues, and spiritual issues I've been having for years. A big part of it was about suppressing myself. 
I also mentioned to my husband my feelings about our new house and for the first time, for, for the first time, right before going to bed. I said, I don't feel anything bad, but I do feel something. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but I thought I'd mentioned it. Then, throughout the night, I had the strangest dreams that I was tripping acid, something I've never done. But these dreams were legitimately like something I've never experienced, and I've always been prone to dramatic dreams. I woke up feeling like I had been drugged. I woke up at noon, which I never do. It was so strange. I don't know how else to describe it. When I checked my phone, I had a message from my mom asking me if I was out protesting early that morning. When I told her no, she sent me a picture. It was me. Yes, it was a side back angle, but it was me. The weirdest part was that my hair was slightly shorter and parted in two unique braids that my mom used to give me. She did this because it showed off my angel's wisp, a blonde birthmark I have in the center of my back head. The rest of my hair is dark brown. And when I zoomed in, there it was. The exact same birthmark. <laughs> I sent it to my husband and he agreed that that was me and he was very confused. My mom said she knows her only child and she knew it was me. She brought up the idea of astral projection, but this is unlike any case I've ever heard of. I don't make Reddit posts and I don't make claims like this. I don't know how else to explain these dreams and the feeling when I woke up other than they are not normal for me. I'm making this post to ask if anyone has any insight. I'm very confused, but for some reason, I know that girl is me. Please let me know if you have had any similar experiences. And then they have an edit. The more I look at the image, the more I get the feeling this is some sort of spirit representing a younger version of myself. Hence the hairstyle from my years living with my mom. I'd like to think this is my childhood self telling me they support my decision and this is the choice they would have made. Oh, I like that. Yeah, right? Uh, look at me with the uplifting stories. Of course, it's not the last one, but it's okay, Lily. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is, I had chills. I legit have chills on my arm. That is some, like, creepy doppelganger, but also really sweet story. Mm -hmm. But I like that. I like that concept of this is kind of a sign that this is the right choice that this person made, which I would agree with. I think all of us can agree that was a good choice. Um, mm -hmm. But, <laughs> yeah, I... The, the birth the birthmark or the, the the pattern in the back of the head that's what gets me because you know there yeah, are some people right? that that really like seals it in yeah like this, I mean there's people that we may resemble and you know you look past really quick I mean for god's sake my mom took pictures of somebody at um, a movie premiere that I was a part of and didn't realize until we got home that she took a picture of the other actress and not me um, she thought, no way. yeah, she literally thought that I was this other girl and she was taking pictures the whole time, zooming in, everything like that, all great. And then she shows me the pictures and she, I'm like, mom, this isn't me. And she's like, what? <laughs> and I mind you, I'm her only child. So like, you would think that like, she would recognize and like know which one's her kid on a movie screen, but didn't. So, um, kudos to his mom for, like, pointing this out and actually, like, getting it right. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. So weird. So weird. I love that story. Okay. My next story is titled, My Grandparents' House and My 
mom, mama's, my mom, mama's, my, it's like, I think it's for grandmother. It's M-A-M-A-W-S. Do you know how to pronounce that? Ma- mammal? Mammal? I don't know. Whatever. It sounds, M-A-M-A-W, I think is mammal. Mammal? Okay. Sounds like Southern. So, um, I'm from Jersey. I say coffee and dog. So I, this is over <laughs> my head. Okay. Let me start by walking. saying. I was walking my dog with my cup of coffee. Li- literally. Literally me. This this mammal, yeah, it's not working for me. All right. Let me start by, <laughs> let me start by saying religiously I lean towards Christianity. This has been several years and I've taken a step back from it because I'm not still sure what to make of it and it's very unsettling to me. When I was 6 years old, my oh, come on now. Papa? Pa it's Papa, ma- yeah. Yeah, it's Mamma, but with a P. It's the grandfather. Died in the guest room of my grandparents' house. Time went on, and before that, I never felt odd in the house, but after that, I felt a sense of dread, sadness, and foreboding. It was almost an anxious feeling, which intensified some years later. My Mamma got cancer and chose to come home with hospice. The family cared for her, and I did weekend overnights. During the nights, I would have trouble sleeping because I swear I could sense someone was in the house and it made me uneasy. I would pray to God to keep me safe. As things progressed with my mamma, she started talking to people that weren't there. Towards the end, when she didn't have the strength to move for days, I awoke to her on her hands and knees beside the bed talking to someone, urging them to come out, that it was okay, that nobody was going to hurt them, and then also talking to other people. My family doesn't believe in spirits. Um... If that, okay, sidebar, if that was fucking me taking care of my mamma and I, she's on her hands and knees when, mind you, she can't move anywhere and she's talking to something, like, underneath the bed. Um. Yeah, no, thank you. That grandma's canceled. I'm sorry. That's not, mm, mm, mm. I'm sorry. I will hire I'm somebody out. to pretend to be their granddaughter because that's not happening. That's not happening. All right, back to yeah, the story. Yeah, the day she died, it's a no for me. It's, it's a no for me, dog. The day she died, things were looking like it would be the end, and my mom tried calling and calling and couldn't wake me. Finally, at 6 a.m., she called my mother-in-law, who woke me up. I arrived at Mamaw's at 7.34 and immediately went in to talk to her. I told her I knew she had seen people recently that she missed, and it was okay to leave us here. We would see her again, and that I had the family, and we were going to be okay. I told her I loved her and walked out the room, at which point she died after smiling and saying my grandfather's name. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. Nobody got the weird vibes, saw her talking to people, or feared the house and my family. Just me. Was I picking up on the spirit realm or unresolved things in that house, or am I just weird? I just need to figure this out, as it still has a bearing on me. I still to this day cannot visit my grandparents' graves because I get that odd, unsettled feeling again. The end. So what do you what do you take from this? What do you think? Why do you think only this person is experiencing these feelings unlike the rest of the family? I think maybe this person is probably sensitive. Okay. So, and I I'm I sorry. think that uh Mama must have felt papa. <laughs> See, okay. This is where I, this is where my mind goes. And so immediately I thought this person was a sensitive, but I also had in my brain, they said that this family is very religious, that they don't believe really in spirits. So what if it is that these family members are experiencing the same things that this person is, but they're just denying it because of their religious views and they just don't want to think that way. So they kind of put a film over what they're seeing and they're just kind of putting some sort of, attempted logical reasoning behind it 
and they just don't talk about it. Interesting. Like, they feel weird. Like, they may not know that other people are going through this, so they may not feel comfortable talking about it, and they don't want to be the first ones to kind of open that conversation up because they feel like they may be judged. Because I do feel like... And I mean, I'm not saying in all religious households, but I do see a pattern with very strict religious households, especially younger people, people our generation. They feel like they can't speak to their their elders because they feel like they'll be judged based yeah. off of things yeah. that the aren't. The fear of judgment holds a lot of people back. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is, I'm kind of getting that vibe, but I can't 100% say that's what it is. It could definitely just be that this person specifically is a sensitive and that these other people legitimately aren't experiencing things. But... I like to kind of play around with different theories, and that's one of them. I like it. Yeah. So what's your story, Lil? All right. This one is called Doppelganger Demon, My Personal Experience. Ooh. When I was a kid, my family took a vacation to Montana. It was my parents, my two siblings, and me. My uncle owned some land outside of Glacier National Park, pretty much in the middle of nowhere, and he invited us to come stay with him for two weeks. That being said, we made the three-day trek to Montana and had a nice lunch at my uncle's house. He told us we had our very own cabin waiting for us about half a mile up the road, and we could hardly contain our excitement. When we got there, it wasn't the luxurious cabin we had pictured. It looked like it was built with Lincoln logs. (laughs) The floor, walls, and roof were all made of old timber wood. It had a large, open, rectangular living room that was two stories tall with a pointed roof. Up the stairs, there was a second-story loft with a bed that overlooked the balcony into the living room. The bathroom was downstairs. This sounds kind of nice. I don't know. Um, (laughs) He explained that the cat, maybe just anywhere but my house, seems nice since we've been in quarantine (laughs) for like six fucking months now. Same. Everything looks different now. Yeah. Uh, He explained that the cabin was there when he bought the land. There were lots of settlers in the area during the 1890s. We assume one of them must have built it. Although, comparing pictures of cabins from that time period to my memory of this one, this one seemed far more dated. From the time we arrived, things seemed to go further and further downhill. My uncle showed us to the cabin and left us to settle in. When he got back to his house, he called us on the landline to tell us he had seen a bear on his way home. He told us we should stay inside the cabin for the day to make sure it wasn't stalking us and didn't attack. As we were waiting it out, fire ants swarmed the ground floor. They came out of nowhere and were everywhere. This resulted in my siblings and I sleeping in a tent in the middle of the living room floor for the duration of our trip. Oh, God. (laughs) Not that it bothered us. We were kids and we were kind of excited about it. Our second day went really well. We ate hot dogs in a beautiful valley surrounded by mountains. We played outside all day. Then that night, my mom got really sick. She was throwing up and her head hurt. This isn't uncommon for her as she suffers from chronic migraines. But by the second day, she realized it was probably a virus. My stepdad hung out with my uncle for the next day or two while my mother stayed in the cabin sick. She was upstairs in the bedroom, but she could hear everything that went on downstairs from the open balcony. She said I kept coming inside and talking to someone. She said it sounded like I was having a full-blown conversation, but no one was there. My brother and sister were still playing outside. I was the kind of kid who definitely had an imaginary friend, but for some reason, this particular conversation caught her attention and frightened her. I remember her confronting me and telling me to stop it with a terrifying look on her face. I didn't know what she was talking about, and I still don't remember talking to anyone. 
The fourth day, my mom was beginning to worry. She, she, she suggested to my stepdad that we leave early, and if her sickness kept getting worse, maybe she should go to a hospital. He didn't want to. He was upset that we had driven all this way only to leave early. That night, my mom finally got some sleep. In the middle of the night, she woke up out of nowhere and was immediately afraid to open her eyes. She didn't know why, but she knew she was scared and she felt like someone was watching her. She slowly opened her eyes to reveal my stepdad. He was rolled over on his side facing her, only inches away from her face. She said he had a psychotic look in his eyes. His pupils were dilated and shiny. His eyes were open far wider than usual. His smile was freakishly wide, too, and he was staring straight into her eyes. Mm. She, yeah. She felt paralyzed. She thought my stepdad was having a psychotic breakdown. She was scared. He opened his mouth and said, how are you feeling? The way she describes it is very robotic. She said it's as though someone tried to impersonate him without having any idea who he was. She heard someone coming up the stairs and turned to look. It was my stepdad. Oh, God. <laughs> he had gone to the bathroom. She screamed, which woke all of us up and startled him. When she turned back to the bed where he had just laid moments before, no one and nothing was there. No. Whatever she woke up next to had disappeared into thin air. The next morning, she demanded that we left. She threatened my stepdad that she was taking us, quote, taking us and the car whether he liked it or not. <laughs> Nice. Um, he begrudgingly joined us, and strangely enough, when we got a few miles away from the cabin, my mom was completely get better. She wasn't sick at all by the time we got on the road. This story has stuck with my siblings and I through all these years, but my mom refuses to talk about it now. I've only ever heard one story similar to this one. I would love to hear your theories on what this thing was or if anyone else has seen the doppelganger. The end. Oh my god, that is insane! I mean, I wouldn't... Okay, so the fact that they went to Montana for vacation, I would assume, what is there to do in Montana? So I feel like this was the most activity that they would have had anyway. So I think, even though it was a really traumatic experience for the mother, hey, at least it spiced the trip up a little bit. I mean... You know have a really good point. This is more of a story than I would probably come out with in Montana. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. I mean, I have never... I mean, we're on the East Coast, so we have everything here, but, like, you don't ever hear anyone yeah. saying, oh, where are you going on vacation, Montana? Shout out to all our listeners from Montana. If there's actually stuff to do in Montana, email us at... Email us. <laughs> at justgoolythingspodcast at gmail.com because I'm just very curious as if there's actually stuff to do in Montana because I never actually hear people saying they're going on vacation in Montana like there's 50 I states there's lots of hiking but I would also think you could do that in Colorado you could do that in New York you could do that in Vermont you know I guess if like you want to say you True, visited Colorado all 50 states Colorado has the Stanley Hotel wait does it? Yeah, the Stanley Hotels in Colorado. I didn't know that. Okay, never mind. Scratch that. Montana, you're pretty fucking cool. And uh, shout out to your doppelgangers. No, it's in Colorado. Oh, it is in Colorado. Okay, then never mind. Fuck you, Montana. Back on my Don't word. Don't say that. <laughs> now we're never going to have Montana listeners. Okay, no, I love you. I love you, if Montana. Fuck, if I was listening, I have to say, though, if I was listening to a podcast and someone said, fuck Jersey, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, yeah same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we were just bred differently. No, actually, no. I'm taking that back. <laughs> I like Hannah Montana, so I'm going to say I like Montana. Because it reminds me of Hannah Montana. All right. Live your truth. That's fair. I'm so sorry. This conversation. I hated Hannah Montana. I was go- what? Why? Oh, wait. You told us this I earlier. Because it, like, Montana. gives you bad memories, right? I just didn't. What, even when it was on, I didn't like it. But didn't you say, like, know. in an earlier episode, like, an early episode that we recorded that, like, girls that bullied you in school, like, liked Hannah Montana, so you didn't like Hannah Montana because they liked it? Yeah, I think that's why I didn't like it, because all of, like, the, like, kind of, <laughs> I don't want to say, we were kids, so I can't say they were bitchy, because you can't call a kid a bitch. Oh, I can. But, except for that bitch from Orphan, because she wasn't really <laughs> a kid. But, um, side note, sorry, Any, anyways... The point is, re- listen, regardless, I'm, I'm sure Montana is a lovely state. We'll just say that. With tons of doppelgangers and weird activity. If you're from Montana yeah. and have a spooky kooky story, email us at... JustCoolyThinksPodcast at gmail.com. All right. So my next story is titled, Was this an entity out to hurt me? Hi, paranormal community. I've been reading a lot of these unexplained paranormal posts, and this is my first time posting, as I would like to find some answers regarding my own strange experiences. Understandably, if this goes into a black hole, anyone's opinions or experiences would be so helpful. I will give some backstory to the situation for a bit of context, but I have titled the incident down below if you just want to skip ahead. So I'm just going to read like a little bit of context to so have a better background. When I was okay. about seven years old, they're currently 26, my parents split up. It was a hostile breakup. Myself, brother, eight years old, and my mom moved in with my dad's brother and his family, consisting of the uncle, auntie, kid one, which is four years old, and kid two, which is one years old. There were a few reasons why we stayed with them. Moving schools was an ideal, and we were figuring out a lot of the next steps. Temporary living there was one of them. Obviously, the situation being very awkward that my dad's family living with his brother's family made the situation very cramped, and understandably, the situation was volatile, and they wanted us out. This auntie and her family are quite well known for practicing dark arts slash black magic, whatever you want to call it. But at the time, we were not so aware, and it was more of a random family conspiracy than anything. It is important to consider that this auntie and uncle absolutely despised us as kids, taking away our toys, hitting and slapping us, calling me stupid and ugly. We were clearly a burden and eventually moved out after what seemed like years was actually just a couple of months. Aw. Well, fuck you, auntie and uncle. You suck. All right, anyway, the incident. I had just arrived from school and told my, I was told by my mom to get changed into a dungaree dress, which I will never forget because it was a brand new outfit my mom had spent a lot of money on during that time. Before going upstairs, the stairway walls had been freshly painted and my mom told me to be careful. So going up in my school uniform, I can only assume coming back down very carefully in this new outfit, I had collected this massive patch of white paint. Smack, bang, in the center of my chest. It was nowhere else not on the sleeves or the rest of the outfit, and unless I pressed myself up against the walls, this was unexplainable. My mom obviously didn't believe me, and to say the least, I was physically reprimanded. Years years later, me and my mom have spoken about it quite a bit, and our stories are the same, although my mom can't remember all the things. We both know that the paint was in the center of my chest and nowhere else. She feels really bad about not believing me, but always says there was a dark presence slash vibe about that house. 
We have also had other supernatural encounters in that same house, including my brother screaming, running down the same stairs one night on New Year's Eve, stating that he had seen a boy on the bed in the room that we shared together. He said he was a Victorian boy with old-fashioned clothes. We don't talk to the family anymore. We haven't spoken for years. We ended up moving back near my mom's family and never looked back. After so many discussions and strange experiences, we've always wondered whether the house was haunted or whether Auntie had something to do with it. So... You know, we have to talk about um, the fact that the aunt and uncle had practiced dark magic. And, you know, I think that there's, you know, there are people that practice that safely. And then there Mm -hmm. are people that just practice it and they have ill intentions or they just don't know the right protocol and how to, you know, do something as serious as this practice is. And um, I don't know. I think that the, I think the auntie had something to do with these paranormal experiences, though. Yeah, I feel like auntie is framing her. Oh, for sure. Auntie's a bitch. I'm so glad yeah. they moved out. And I'm glad that like that whatever dark spirit was there that the auntie definitely manifested uh, is did not follow them uh, once they left. Yeah. Yeah, that's a How sad story. How dare they honestly ruin a new dress? Uh, yeah, seriously. That's a new-ass dress. Ugh, the nerve. The nerve. The nerve. All right, Lily, what's your last story? Okay, my last story, I don't know why, I just went to a British um, You were being possessed. Um, let me get to it. Someone called me just as I was opening my little notes app. Sorry. I'm so popular. <laughs> Um. Oh my god! Like no one wants to talk to me until I either start recording the podcast or I start my Zoom therapy, and then everyone's texting me, everyone's <laughs> calling me. You're like, high in what's demand. the fuck? And like, I can't turn my phone on airplane mode because I need it to communicate. <laughs> I need it to do the show. Ah, okay. This one is called "My House Is Very Haunted." Where do I begin? Ever since I moved into my house three years ago, I've had multiple experiences. The first night, I had kept my door open and turned on my hallway light because my lamp broke. I went to bed later, and I woke up at three in the morning hearing plates being moved around and cabinets being open. I was about to check, but it was pitch black outside, and I got a gut feeling for me telling me that I should just stay there. I put my head under my blanket... And I drifted off. Oh, just so you know, by the way, this whole thing so far is still one sentence. (laughs) Um, And I drifted off to sleep. The next day, while I was home alone, I heard somebody open the cabinets. I had just assumed it was my parents. So I ran outside and said, hi, mom. No reply. I got scared and I ran back to the office and held the door shut. All of a sudden, I heard a loud bang on the door and quickly opened it. To my surprise, it was nothing. I looked everywhere. There was nobody in the house that night. It got progressively worse when my brother was falling asleep. One night, he heard someone say, good night, Abraham, which Abraham is his name, and he started uncontrollably screaming, and my parents ran out and asked him what was wrong. And we reached our first period of the whole story. (laughs) That was all one sentence. Also, 
every night I just randomly wake up at 3 a.m. and hear heavy footsteps and chairs moving. About a year ago, my grandma was staying with us, so she slept in my room and had the lights off. For some reason, I couldn't sleep, so I sat there in bed until I heard someone say, what's your name? And I looked at my closet and saw a dark figure. I was so scared, I ran out of my room and don't remember anything at all. I have no recollection whatsoever that happened that night after that incident. Um, and I started, oops, I started having very realistic dreams of me in my house with one light on and the dark figure hitting me. And I had another one where I was being pulled into the closet. The end. Damn. That's a lot. Also, there were only two periods in that whole story. <laughs> I love it. Lily is the only one out of the two of us that gets these stories that punctuations just don't exist. I don't know what happened. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I think that they specifically know that you are very big on grammar and punctuation. And so your spirit guides try to fuck with you and they direct you to the stories that literally do the exact opposite just to mess with you they they must know i mean it's like reddit fucking knows oh for sure pick any old story like i skim them first but i i need to start checking for punctuation when i do my initial scan of the story maybe it's a punctuation poltergeist like when you first read through them they actually have all the periods and commas that are necessary and then when you go to read them because our podcast is haunted um then they just disappear Ooh, that could be. We are a haunted podcast. I have to say, I I swear, I swear that we're haunted because there's just weird stuff going on. I really think it's because we are telling so many paranormal stories every day that I feel Uh like it definitely has manifested something. Yeah, we definitely did. We aren't fucked up on that one. Yeah. But we did it for our booth things. Do you know the risk that I have of seeing a monster? That is a 100% more likely than the average person. What about under your bed? Do you have stuff under your bed so that monsters can't stay under there? Oh, shit. You got to fill up, like, you have to put, like, shoe boxes or something underneath your bed so no spooky, kooky, kooky monsters can get under there. Yeah, I mean, luckily I haven't seen anything in this house, but I am noidous. There's a first time for everything, Lily. Sleep with one eye open. Oh, God. Now I'm afraid that you're going to sneak into my house. I actually... That's actually a really good idea. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll social distance, but, like, I'll just <laughs> chill in your closet and just stare at you while you sleep. I wouldn't put it past you. I can picture myself just, like, walking in and you're just, like, eating an ice cream cone in my closet. Like, hey, what's up? Oh, yeah. Amy let me in. Sorry. Um, okay. So my last story is titled, My Auntie's Prophecy. So my auntie told me this bizarre story a few years ago. She had a strangely vivid dream in the early to mid-2000s. In the dream, she was on a specific island. Specific. Whoa, I am an idiot. On a Pacific island. Okay. Oh, my God. And you know what's crazy is I think because in my head I specifically said don't say specific, and then I said specific. Okay. She was on a Pacific island. There was a strange tribe of people there banging drums and chanting progressively louder and louder. She was compelled to touch the ground. It felt hot, full of nascent life bursting forth. The entire ground shook, and a great erupting volcano sprang sprang into life. 
a new island formed. The next day, she went downstairs early in the morning to recount the dream to my uncle. God rest his soul, he died a few years later. Anyway, she finished the story, and he was mildly, mildly amused by her animated expression and vibra- vibrancy retelling her story. She goes to switch on the radio, and the first piece of news is that during the night, a new island had formed somewhere in the Pacific, an island next to where a tribe of people lived. I can't for the life oh, of me shit. tell you what the island was, but she does remember. Maybe when I see her, I'll ask her again. But weird, right? The end. Spooky kooky ookie. That is, she's like a, she had like a clairvoyance type of experience there. It makes you wonder, like, maybe in a past life, she was some big head honcho of this tribe, and maybe this is, like, her past life connecting with her current self and telling her what was going to happen. That, see, you are so creative with this shit. I don't know where you get, that is so good. I I love that. I, it just comes to me, man, and I just, you know, it just happens. I was just born with it, you know? <laughs> I'm not going to brag or anything. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, freaking weird. All the like, I love these type of stories because it's, it feels way too coincidental for this just to be a fluke coincidence of, oh, yeah, I just had a dream about a fucking an island on the Pacific Ocean that has a tribe that randomly this piece of land like this volcanic eruption happened and then another island formed and then the next morning that exact thing happened yeah what are the odds of that especially it being specifically a Pacific island specifically a Pacific specifically Pacific 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 okay I can't do that (laughs) and on that note that concludes this episode of Just Ghouly Things, the Quarantine Spooky Story Special, episode 84. Lily, do you have anything to wrap us up with? Uh, just watch out for ghosts and monsters because, you know, if they're following our podcast, they might follow you home, too. They might follow our listeners home. So sleep with one eye open, y'all. Yeah, and be aware of your surroundings and always follow your gut instinct and don't play with a fucking Ouija board. Yep. It always comes back to people who play with Ouija boards. On that note, you ready to talk about some social media followings? Born ready. All right. Follow us on Instagram at... Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and... At Lily Baldessari. Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Ghouly Things Podcast group. Donate to our Patreon. Just Ghouly Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience you'd like to share on our show, feel free to email us at justghoulythingspodcast.gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, Boo Thangs, and we will talk to Boo tomorrow. Goodbye!